Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And I can relate to Oscar the Grouch on a deep and spiritual level. It's true. Real deep. <laughs> There's this uh, Jim Henson exhibit that's up at the Albuquerque Museum right now. <sighs> I'm so jealous. Yeah, and my husband and I went and, you know, while we're walking through... At one point, I was like, who's your favorite Sesame Street character? And he's like, um, ask me again when we get to the Sesame Street section, because I can't remember all the characters. And I was like, okay. We get to the Sesame Street section, and, like, you know, he keeps being like, it might be Bert. It might be Ernie. It might, like, it might be. It might be. <laughs> and then we see Oscar the Grouch, and he's like, actually, I think it's Oscar the Grouch. Yes! Yes, I had no clue before I wrote the tagline. No. And he was like, he loves trash just like I do. (laughs) (laughs) That is is perfect. It was a wonderful moment. Look at that. And I didn't even know this one's for you, Ian. (laughs) For my homie. I I love, like, Oscar just wanted to live on a quiet. He was a victim of gentrification. The OG. He was. He was. I also read something, and I was telling Ian this too recently, that was talking about the way that everyone on Sesame Street relates to Oscar is like the model way to be there for your friend with depression. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's so true. Like they always invite him to things. Like he mm-hmm. never wants to go, but they still invite him and they still like, like Big Bird always like, tells him he loves him and like all this stuff yeah even though he's like a grouch exactly and he has his own passions and he's he doesn't have to change himself in order to be accepted by society exactly grouch is as grouch does and he has these moments where he's actually he still is very helpful Mm. You know, he has he has his own thing. I love it. I absolutely love it. He is himself and no one else. He still like he doesn't need to have an arc. He just is. He is Oscar right. the Grouch. No one needs to fix him. He's great the way no, he is. No. He totally is. And he's got people, his family, he's got other grouches. I'm like, yeah, man, I get that. Slut this pet? <laughs> yes. Who doesn't want a pet worm? Who does tricks? It's fantastic. And he loves, like, you can see that he has so much love for his pet. It's so beautiful. It's authentic. It's real. And I, I'm for it. And his brows are so on trend right now. I mean, is it, though? Doesn't he have a unibrow? <laughs> like, yes, I don't think a unibrow girl. will ever be on trend. <laughs> I, You know what? I guarantee when I'm going to give it exactly seven months from this time. These eyebrows are getting out of hand. Big eyebrows are in, for sure, which mm-hmm. is like fine because i haven't i don't pluck my eyebrows but i also don't have big eyebrows like there's no way to make my <laughs> eyebrows big they're just very thin <laughs> i would feel like it would like because you have such you have a beautiful petite face i feel like it would take up your face <laughs> yeah but to, that's to all i want brow. that's all i want <laughs> giant what? old man eyebrows <laughs> Oh man, I'm giving I'm giving it time though. I'm just I I guarantee it's seven months you're gonna make Tamika, you're right, because it's gonna they're gonna keep getting bigger and closer together and um these kids. I love the continuity of like our first episode where we're like, is this a podcast about eyebrows? And then we're like bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, always. It's always gonna come back to a couple of things. It's always gonna come back to eyebrows, 
Harry Potter, and probably soup. Yes. Oh, man. I could go for some soup. <laughs> yeah, soup sounds freaking amazing. Do you see what I mean, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, while you're all thinking about soup, <laughs> while you're in the mood for soup, uh, are we, I, I think it's time to go on to our main main chunk of the day, Black History Month. Which I have feelings about. I don't know if you do, Danny. My feelings aren't as strong as yours. And I, I, I'm aware of your feelings. But can you very, mm. like, briefly touch on what your feelings are about Black History Month? I'm glad it exists. But I really have a hard time of still, I think Black History Month does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. I still feel like we should really go from it's a historical thing. It makes me sad that we still have to have a month in order to recognize people of color that really impacted American history. So it is, it's a complicated thing, mm. but it's, I still recognize it. I really use it as a time to emphasize it with my, with my daughter. But yeah, there's some like systematic things I really feel like could, we could really work on. I've been seeing some oh. things this year for the first time. It might not be new, but it's, I've been only seeing it for the first time. People calling it Black Future Month instead mm. of Black History Month, which I think is is cool is like an interesting mm. thing people are doing because I think a lot of people share that that same feeling and I share that same feeling of like why are we treating it like there's only history of black people yes. <laughs> like <laughs> black we people haven't done are part good of our society butter. right now yeah. like let's talk Currently. about what is happening and yes let's recognize mm-hmm. the past but let's also look forward to look look forward look at what the future mm-hmm. is going to be like you know what are the things we need to build that future that we want? Um, I don't know. No. I, and so I, that that's the thing. So instead of doing something that is very Black history kind of oriented, we, some people like to celebrate. That's fine. I'm for it. And I notice a lot of people within, people I know, the way that they celebrate, they like to watch movies that highlight true events of or read books rights yeah or read books the ones of my friends who are real smart uh <laughs> <laughs> who they, they highlight uh what's the best way to the celebration documentaries black inspired movies things of that nature but what we kind of want to talk to about the problem with some of those is this white savior kind of complex going on mm-hmm. i was actually uh seth myers who has his own late night show of uh, another white boy he actually uh, he actually did a youtube mock video movie trailer you need to go it's on youtube it's the white savior the movie it is so on point and it really kind of bucks at the latest movie i believe it's a uh, hidden figures they kind of use that as the catalyst and really talk about some of the deep ingrained issues within it but yeah, um, for those who don't know, Danny, how would you define the white savior complex? Mm. Well, so there's like the the urban dictionary definition, right? Which is mm. white savior refers to Western people going in to fix the problem of struggling nations or problems of people of color without understanding their history needs or the region or people's current state of affairs. And I think there is a lot of this tie to the idea of of struggling nations. But to me, I feel like I've always thought of white savior just in general with people of color. Like, I don't think white saviors necessarily like the, the stereotype I think is like 
the white person going to Africa or something. But to me, I don't think you have to go to Africa to be a white savior, if that makes sense. No, no. Well, I feel that way. I feel like we see it a lot in even the slant as well. When we have certain stories within, um, I saw it recently in a news story about what was going on in this local neighborhood. They were doing this urban farming Uh and we have loads of people of color who are really diving in. But the person they highlight is the woman who had this plot of land. And she's this hero, but the thing is she's had this land for forever. It wasn't until the motion of the community, the people of color, moving forward, doing the work, getting the seeds, raising the money. But yet her as the land owner who could have donated this land eons ago, she she didn't. But she was hailed as this white savior. You see this slant in yeah. movies, books. It's it's everywhere. I think a key part, too, that's like left out from that urban dictionary definition is that it is in some way self-serving or like in, in the person's own interest to do. They're doing it to feel good about themselves or whatever. I also think that's a valid reason to do shit. Like, do shit yeah. because it makes you feel good. I don't really believe in altruism. So, mm. I, you know, like, I think anything you're doing for someone else, you're getting something out of it. That something could just be like, it feels good to help people. Like, but that's still something you're getting out of it. So, I think that self serving part is important, but also, I mean, you're not going to do anything that you're not getting something out of so yeah but i think it's the one if that's what drives you because mm. mm. i do believe it at the end of the day my, my husband and i were talking about it um even as christians sometimes we tell like we should just do things out of the kindness of our heart and we shouldn't do things because we want to avoid punishment and damnation but there's still part of you with like if you love god you still want to please him there's still something in us that will always get something for doing something it's really right. hard to avoid but it's if that is the driving motivation, I think that's where you can find the issue with it. Right. It could be the emotional self-serving or it could be like notoriety from like doing a thing. I feel like I, mm. I've seen that a lot, particularly in the academia world. Mm. So, so like having been in the Asian studies realm right it's filled with white people and there is often a lot of conversation about what hasn't been you know talked about before and it's not so much like so we can lift up these things that are not talked about it's because i want to research something different than everyone else you know ugh, mm, ugh, so gross interesting mm, that's a point of view i've not heard of that's so interesting but we we see it and i think Oh, this is so hard about something that's so true. The moment people hear white savior, they've automatically go on the defense. Heckles are up without us really kind of talking about the problems that it is. So mm-hmm. within the conversation, we're kind of kind of break it down, show some examples within media and kind of talk about how it is actually quite damaging within the community. So Yeah. So maybe we should start with uh entertainment yes i I think that's probably going to be the easiest one just because it's just so more widespread like i said you do see it in books tv and news and i think we're also going to highlight in volunteering and outreach as well i think those are the two things we're going to really focus on but i uh i actually remember being very young and there's this movie that came out in 1995 i know i'm taking it all the way back 
that I remember seeing an advertisement for and it came onto TV and I remember watching it and I don't know why it put such a bad taste in my mouth and I couldn't. I was young then, believe it or not, and I couldn't decide. It wasn't until I was older and had the verbiage that I realized it just reeked of this white savior complex. It was a movie that was based off of a true story. It was Dangerous Minds. Oh, yes. Do you, oh, <laughs> Do yes. you remember? I remember when movie? that movie came out. Yes. Because it was like, it was like fifth grade or something. Yeah, um, totally. You're bang on. And <laughs> this is one of those like, reflects my feelings about life and I guess I can hold on to this till we get to volunteering and outreach <laughs> but I think it's it's a common trope right like the the white mm-hmm. teacher comes in and like saves the poverty stricken brown and black kids mm-hmm. exactly it, it's the whole it's the white person does basic human thing for marginalized people becomes a hero yeah for what the people of color have done their personal achievements this movie starred michelle pfeiffer which is actually funny i never read the reviews because it's an old movie and i went back there people actually did find it to be a bit cringy but girl this movie in 1995 still grossed almost 180 million dollars worldwide Mm. (laughs) like girl this still even though people kind of wrote about how it was very on the nose and like I said I had no clue about it then you know we were in the fifth grade but looking back at it now I just find it so difficult because we see it again and again this is not the first second or third movie where it's the exact same narrative now once again these are normally written about an actual person who did this this particular woman Leanne Johnson is a real person and she did that I think that needs to be commended but all these stories kind of take liberty and it's the point of view that I actually find to be questionable yeah that they keep doing it point of view over and over again yeah you know what I mean I mean I don't remember the movie too well but I feel like the things I remember are are kind of problematic because there's Mm. this like idea of how to reach these kids right but rather than Mm. reaching them on their level it's like forcing them to come into your world and i think that's part of like Mm. the problem with like this white savior mentality right like because there's something like doesn't she like teach them karate or something yeah well she was in the marines right but this is but remember she put on a leather jacket Ooh. She sat in a chair backwards. Mm, she really understand what it's like to be a brown person in 1995. Yeah, but I'm like, karate isn't even like, you're just like appropriating another thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's so, but the thing is, once you start seeing it, when uh, a couple of years ago, when you start seeing this white savior, you start seeing it in many movies. I actually, uh, I have the go on debates with people in the musical theater world saying that we're not we don't escape this either the musical hairspray are you familiar with it yes girl if you want to see me get ridiculously angry and frustrated white girl who can dance teaches black people to use their power of collective to fight and and get on tv to help Mm -hmm. you know push the civil rights movement honey right Honey, they don't need you. (laughs) (sighs) 
It's like, it's it's the same as, you know, The Last Samurai or Dances with Mm -hmm. Wolves. Like, right? Yes. Why does it always have to be a white guy or a white person? That's the thing. And that that's, but a lot of people would say it's not a real thing. I was actually reading, uh, what was it, reviews, I think on Reddit about Green Book. And Green Book has really been accused of this a lot. Yeah, I, did I watch that movie? I may have. No, no, I did not. I, I did not watch that movie because I was so afraid that that was just like, yep. I was not, I was not the audience for that movie. That's what I'll say. <laughs> say it, girl. Same. I saw, and the, which stinks is because of, I think the gentleman who plays Don Shirley. I'm a big fan of him as an actor, girl. I saw the advertisement, and he was talking about how to teach a black man to eat fried chicken. I mm. checked out so hard. I was like, that's a pass from me. That was ridiculous. A uh, hidden figures has come underneath scrutiny for their white savior actually being a made up character. It's a true story, but they made this character kind of represent the collective of the white males that were there at the time. Mm. So that's what's that's what's really damaging about these things is that they're able to kind of manipulate the the narrative and the story with this. So I'm trying to think, oh girl, when uh Avatar. Yeah, I haven't seen Avatar either. I like I intentionally stay away from these kind of <laughs> movies cuz I can't handle it. I I'm a little shook right now that you haven't seen Avatar. Yeah, I know. Look at you. I don't know if that makes you more woke or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> makes me something. We don't it know makes what. you something. That That's true. I mean, yeah. So Avatar is another one where I actually didn't think about it. But when you read the description, I'm like, even though it's a made up native people group, it's the same thing. Natives don't know what to do with themselves and how to overcome this great danger. White guy comes in, gets accepted by the people and saves the day. Uh, Gran Torino, which is very obvious, a racist old man who stays racist technically, but he does a good thing in the end, apparently. These are just just a few, a little, The Help, which is a really big movie as well that I refuse to see, (laughs) that people hail. These are ones that have won the small list won numerous awards, tons of accolades, loads of praise, but yet they all have this one thing in common. Poor people of color or marginalized people cannot seem to get past the the trouble that the white people are causing them. Right. <laughs> it's 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 so it's so interesting. I guess interesting is a lack of a better word. It's frustrating that people are not tired of watching this over and over and over right. again. But I mean, you know, it's it's the white man's burden. They have to oh, uh, <laughs> deliver civilization to all the rest of us. I know. I know. And I mean, some people would argue that they they actually sustained this country in particular. Think about all the people they've saved because of, you know, being there and colonizing people. Mm-hmm. Someone had to do it. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't let those people back into your own country, though, afterwards. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it goes really deep. And, and that's why kind of going into the next question. So we, we've already put our own saltiness in, into it, but th- there's factual damage that mm-hmm. the white savior complex does. What do you think is one of the many, many problems with the white savior complex? Mm. I don't think this is exactly what you're looking for, but mm. 
one of the things that I find the most frustrating about it, and I think is what leads to the danger of it, is Mm -hmm. the fact that it's like people with very little knowledge about an actual situation or an actual profession somehow knowing more than the people living that life. You know, like Mm -hmm. going back to the Dangerous Minds example, she didn't know anything about teaching. And yet, like somehow she comes in and saves everyone. Like, I mean, I guess a kid dies. Right. But she comes in Mm -hmm. and like makes kids excited about school somehow or whatever. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. I I find it very dangerous that it's like the color of your skin and your like intentions of helping these underprivileged people somehow outweighs actual knowledge and an actual skill set. Well, you see that you can see how that bleeds in seeing this repetition of media as a whole kind of slip in into right. the dangers of volunteering and outreach. Exactly. Because how many people got inspired by that movie? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. Right. I mean, it's like my problem with Teach for America, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I understand like the intentions are good behind the program. And I think the people who do the program, their intentions are good. And not everyone is white who does Teach for America, certainly. But yes. But the fact is, like, we're going to into these low performing schools where students need more help. There's not enough money. There's all these like barriers to their success. We're going to throw another barrier, which is an inexperienced teacher. Like, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, um, what is it? Uh where you come in, it's kind of that example of where you teach a man to fish, you know, he'll eat for, you know, forever. So with this particular, with volunteer and kind of white savior industrial complex with this, they'll go in with that model instead of like, oh, you know, you teach a man to fish. These people are going in and feeding this people Mm -hmm. group fish instead of teaching them and empowering them and giving them what they need, thus shifting the power to the fisher. Right. The power and the pleasure and the feeling goes upon the fisher instead of on the people who need to learn how to. I was um, watching a TED talk. We should probably link it in of this very young high school girl, a white girl talking about her going and learning about this white savior kind of complex within volunteering because you know, I haven't been a high schooler in a very long time, but talking about how important volunteering is now for college application. Volunteering. Great. With that being said, she was talking about people coming in who don't know how to build <laughs> coming in and being like this, this neighborhood needs libraries and they need schools. Cool. Let's get a bunch of volunteers who want to come and don't know how to build, but they want to be there and take photos with these beautiful black children and put it on their Instagram shabbily build a house and then leave right and then people have to fix what they have done yeah you know what i mean that's not that's not being that's not empowering where you are and it's like great like do a thing but also recognize you're actually playing with people's lives (laughs) you know like exactly it has that same element of dehumanizing because it's like unskilled people coming in and doing a thing But it's just for like impoverished brown or black people. So, like, whatever they can get is better than what they have already, like, seems to be the Mm -hmm. mentality. But that isn't to say that there aren't these volunteering or an outreach organizations that 
aren't doing good work. You know, like there's plenty yeah. that go into other countries or go into impoverished areas of our own country and like do this work. But they have like actual skilled people doing the work, not just good hearts. Exactly. They're not taking like your intentions mean nothing to people in need. <laughs> that's what really, that's the really hard thing to say is that people say oh, they had good intentions. Their heart was in the right place. Your heart being in the right place is not going to help people in need. It is your skill set and what you can bring to actually empower and cause lasting change. And you're right. There are amazing organizations, but you have to find them. Be honest about your own skill set and what you can bring that will have lasting change. Right. But I think when we have the media and we see in news and we read in books about how someone comes in and they ride up on their white horse and they just minimize deep racial, social mm. and uh, uh, economic problems right. into all it does is you standing up to the man, making that sacrifice. And it's boom, done. Right. It just minimizes that. It doesn't does. It? Yeah. it brings it down to a very easy, complex thing instead of realizing these things go right. deep. <laughs> kind of on that same coin it's like it's the focus is on and you've said this already but like the focus is on the person who is there the savior rather than the people whose story it actually is whose lives it actually is so it becomes like they're an afterthought right in this story in this like like because you, you just think about like the books that have been written or the movies that have been made and it's you know the focus is always on the savior and not on the people of color and like even with the best intentions in the world like yes. that's still going to be the case and so i i would say like why like why is it that you want to do this work why like if it's really that mm -hmm. important why are you doing it instead of having like a person of color or a person from that community doing it. I'm so tired of these like volunteer and like outreach sort of things that are like just headed by a bunch of white guys. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's also, what are you really going to do in a couple of days? Mm -hmm. What, yeah, what are you really going to do in a couple of days? And like I said, they talked about the, the impact and the damage of people coming for a few days and leaving and how it's, giving especially the children kind of this disassociating emotional problem people will come and it's like the best couple of days of their life and then they leave and it kind of happens again and again and again but i think people get really inspired by what they what they see around them like yeah i can do that and it's hard to tell people uh white people that yes we we need your help we need you to create space we need your resources you guys are gatekeepers you have the influence right. but you have to be smart about how we use that influence i think that's the thing you don't know what to do with yeah. it also it's like we don't need more organizations <laughs> <laughs> let's just make the ones we have right. now legit yeah <laughs> i'm saying i don't think either one of us are saying that this is a very easy topic or an idealism to kind of let go but i think we have work to do. And if you really want to be an ally, if you really want to be an activist, if you really want to make change, you're going to do the work and not get swept up in trying to be a, a dangerous mind character, even not just sweeping in and pushing your own agenda. So that way you can feel good about the change. And, and I hope that we can actually start putting in some really good examples of how to do that, both in the media and in volunteerism. Yeah.
so how how do we how do we do it? Say there's a white person who really wants to like help the world. How? How? <laughs> well, there's many ways. I think it you like I said before, you have to think about your skill set. So if you are an artsy person, if you're a creative person and creative type, or like we said before, like you are into movies, make movies from a different point of view. Try it. Just try it. See how you like it. And and have that emphasis and trying. I think we talked about this many times before, making space for, for people of colors, getting writers, directors, uh, producers that are people of color that want to tell like a story. authentic to where. Yes, real to where it's like, I, I want I want to hear it to where taking your own self kind of out of that and getting down to the nitty gritty, getting away from the formula and trying something really authentic and true. Uh, but because the thing is, the stories are out there, you know, and we also have to change what we consume as well. And once again, we've kind of talked about that a little bit in how we consume media as well. I think in volunteering, I think we have to have a really hard look at ourselves and why we are. I think high schoolers, especially, like I said, I had no clue of the emphasis they were putting on volunteering. I think we have to be responsible of how we put that on kids mm -hmm. as well. Just to say, you just need to have that on there. And then they see people out there in impoverished areas. And we need to be a little bit more real about what's actually causing these systemic issues. Sometimes it's political, sometimes it's environmental. And not just do the feel-good work. Does that make sense? And also realizing so much of volunteering is being unseen and being behind, you know, being behind the camera, being behind the media. Sometimes volunteering looks like organizing. Sometimes volunteering looks like sponsoring other people of color to be in those areas who might be more knowledgeable of what that particular place and what those particular people need. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Sometimes you don't get to do the feel good, feel good. Sometimes you need to do the work behind. Do you, you know what I mean? It's like kind of in the kitchen, like everyone hails like the head chef when they see this beautiful dish, but they don't realize that they had people right. back there prepping since wee hours in the morning. Like this would not have happened without it. And sometimes volunteering looks like yeah. that. And and that's fine, right? I, I think part of it is we live in this culture where like notoriety is like something to strive for right like it's not enough to just do mm. a thing like you want to be acknowledged for doing the thing you want to be the best at the thing you want everyone to know but I, I don't know we we all need to take a hard look at that I think with all things we do yes yes like, that isn't unique Completely. to white people that's something we all have to mm -hmm. think about and do I know you even said it. You're uh, something really interesting before, while we were getting ready for the show. Like not all white saviors yeah. are white, and just that, just kind of like meditating on that a little bit of like, yeah, you're not you're not wrong, especially being like a mixed person, even just with being a light skin, uh, more like a medium tone. There's privileges that I have, and saying like I'm going to be this great mediator between these right. two worlds. I'm like, hold down there, savior. You're, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think there's. I think that pressure is kind of put on us too to as mixed race people to be that like conduit between the two worlds and like it, I think it's easy to fall into 
like a savior mm-hmm. complex about I mean, that. I've, I've definitely been that person. I'm completely guilty of trying to run like I'm the translator between these two cultures and they just need to understand each other. I'm like, I'm not wrong. But my like that motivation and that pressure and putting that 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 weight upon myself that that's ridiculous and it's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. No. And going back to your kitchen analogy, right? Like that's just too much prep for one person to do on their own. Girl, too much prep. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I think there was one more point I definitely want to make before we we kind of move on from this. And I think and this is maybe from a completely like selfish and personal thing because I hear this a lot. And I heard it recently and I had to, I'm like, oh, I have to say something. I had someone, I think they actually watched uh, the movie I had just mentioned, the the Green mm. Book. And they were going on about it. And like I said, it's not a movie I wanted to watch. I had already read about how the family was not thrilled about it. And I was listening, you know, being respectful. I'm like, cool. I'm glad you really enjoyed it. And they're like, well, yeah. I just aren't you so glad things are not like that anymore and ah. my whole body <laughs> cringed one of the biggest dangers with white savior complex in movies in people going to help in volunteering in the industrial complex <laughs> we start getting generational dissociation or generational snob snobbery a little bit, mm. we get kind of like, oh my goodness, like, uh, we're so evolved now. Things are so much better. Aren't you so glad you can drink from the same water fountain as me? That is a quote I have literally had <laughs> said to me yeah. after watching one of these types of movies. There's something in me that makes me physically ill. Can I, can I just say, if you have said that as a white person, and if you've said that to your friend, of color. I'm just letting you know they're doing everything in their power probably not to get into a fight with you. <laughs> At least for me, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody that there's something about that that they make it too simple. They downplay it so much. They make it seem all it takes is a helpful friend to lift you up and all is well and you know, those people had closed mind and aren't they disgusting? But especially in America, the timeline is actually quite short. We are not that far removed and we still have a very long way to go. Yeah, I would also say, and this is kind of the flip side of the same same issue, I think, mm-hmm. is there's a tendency for white saviors to assume that they are now the expert on the issue. Mm-hmm. And so like they might mansplaining <laughs> about an issue or about you know the world Mm. where they might not have the attitude of it's not like that anymore but they'll have the attitude of oh let me tell you how it is like girl that that is fucking hard to hear (laughs) i don't need someone telling me how it is Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you in my research for this how many white people were telling other white people not to have white savior complex. But I but the thing is, yay, they recognize it. It was great, but there was still something about that gave me a bad taste in my mouth. But part of me had to be like, "Okay, Demika, cool it. They're trying to be helpful. Calm down, Demika." But it, it was just uh, something about it was so against my grain. 
But it has to go from there, doesn't it? They have to talk yeah. about it. Because having yeah. a brown person talk about white savior complex, you I mean, a lot of people now have probably turned off. <laughs> yeah, they get so defensive. People yes. get very defensive. And I think those defenses come up a lot quicker and a lot higher when it's somebody who looks like you or me saying this. So maybe that can also go in the category of what can we do? We need people, white people, to call this out. Because if we do, we just look mad. But if you do, it might be received a little bit better. Right. I mean, mm. you're more civilized and all. <laughs> too far <laughs> never <laughs> oh you know what that is the perfect place i think to start getting mad at the internet like just stay there if we could just stay at I'll this just, level just like stay in my it's like a comfort comfortable place for me yes just wrapped up in my little sleeping bag of shade with rage as like that heat foil to keep you warm just if we can stay there and <laughs> let's get mad at the internet All right. This week, what are we getting mad about, Tamika? <laughs> you guys, you guys, we're going to do something we probably don't do enough on the show. And that's, let's talk about sports. I know that's uh, what a lot of our unicorns have come here for, is sports talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very knowledgeable about all of the sports. About all of the sports. She is a real jock everybody uh but <laughs> but 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 on the real tip we're actually we're, we're not too far removed from it so we have to get in while we can uh did anyone watch that uh, halftime show of our latest super bowl you know i never miss it <laughs> it's the highlight for me personally so sidebar it's really weird living in england with the mm. super bowl because I used to right. love to watch the Super Bowl, but actually being so far removed from it, because it comes on so late, it's very bizarre for me. So by the time I get to watch it, I normally watch it like the, the morning after, if I do get to, which I haven't been able to. It's a bit, it kind of loses its emphasis. It needs to be a big party with wings. It just, it kind of loses its pow. Yeah, I mean, some people are just into the sports for the sports, but I think like with the Super Bowl or these other big things, it's more about the social aspect, right? Yes. Like the excitement, the party, the whatever. Mm -hmm. Have I ever been to a Super Bowl party? I don't think so. But I think <laughs> someone invite her next year. <laughs> I am told there are wings here. May I partake in your nachos? <laughs> mm. I'm a vegetarian, so... You can, oh, that's right. You don't like fake meat because there are definitely... I don't like... Oh, God, no. Like, if I wanted <laughs> chicken wings, I would just eat chicken wings. Don't give me fake chicken wings. There we go. Well, we'll make a lovely of all cheese nachos with scrumptiousness. Yeah, just give me the cheese. That's fine. Just, that's just all the I cheese. need. <laughs> but, with, with, but with every Super Bowl, there comes a Super Bowl halftime show. Thank you, Pepsi, who are, is not sponsoring the show, but maybe they should. Maybe not. I don't like. I don't drink Pepsi. Spokesperson. Oh my god! Sorry. If you pay me money, I'll drink your product and there talk about it on my there, show. There we go, Danny. Edit that all out, please. <laughs> I've ruined a good thing for us. And I'm I'm terrible at getting mad. Anyway, 
So Shakira and J-Lo were the halftime show. That is fantastic. I, like I said, didn't watch the game, but I had to watch the halftime show because you just got to. People were mad, Danny. People were real mad at the halftime show. There were a lot of feelings around the halftime show um, from like all sorts of points of view, all sorts of things. The only one that I related to it all, and this is not what we're talking about, but I feel like I should bring it up. People were angry about them performing at all when a bunch of black performers turned down, evidently, doing the halftime show in, like, Mm -hmm. solidarity with, like, Kaepernick and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of talk on the internet about, you know, like light skin privilege, white Latina privilege and that sort of thing. So I thought like those conversations were at least interesting, but like people being so angry about it, like I, it didn't resonate with me as much. Mm. Like I, I, like I agree. I agree. Like perhaps if that was the case, like they should have turned it down in solidarity, but that mm. is not what we're really angry about because that didn't no. like boil my blood in the same way this did. Oh, yes. So with this, this guy, you know, I'm not even going to give him the the joy of saying his name or maybe I should. I don't know. I don't like giving people props who don't deserve props, but he's already out there in the world. This gentleman, apparently a Christian activist, which already makes me ill is going out there saying he wants to sue the NFL. He wants to sue Pepsi for bringing basically pornography into his home because of the crotch shots of J-Lo and Shakira. So here's the thing with, with this guy. Apparently he has a podcast. Gross way to bring it down. Uh, Everyone has a <laughs> podcast. Yeah, they're bringing it down. It's just... Ugh. Anyway, so so this guy, he, he's going off saying, first of all, he has a little six minute video and he says that he actually didn't watch it. He just turned it off because he said, you know, that he knows what the halftime show is about. Cool. Then he says the next day he just saw some images and he was just like, you know, it was all crotch, which first of all, I mean, crotch makes up a good portion of a woman. And second of all, it's a photo. You can manipulate a photo to look any way that you want them. You can get the right angle, whatever. It's very frustrating. But then he says he wants to hire a lawyer. That's why he's going out into the internet world and asking them to help file a lawsuit for pandering pornography and contributing to the delinquency of a minor because he has two young girls who he calls attractive which attractive is attractive girls yeah yeah very Ugh. very he said that himself he said that he was be in danger of hellfire because of watching that and he felt like because he turned on to watch the game he mm. this was thrust upon him it's an but, unfair but and then he like turned it off too like i'm like don't watch yeah. it you didn't watch it oh but you're still angry about it you're still angry about it so he, here here's the thing like, I'm mad about this on multiple levels. One, as I, like I said, as a Christian, this is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous for so, so many reasons. This is not, if you actually felt this way, this is not how to get your point across. I mean, honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, I wouldn't mind if there was like a rating system. Like, here's the game. The Super Bowl is rated this one. You, you do it with it, what you will. That's the only thing I'm going to say. I actually enjoyed the show. I thought it was enough. But if you feel so inclined, if you feel this is too tempting for you, if this is a, a pitfall, if lust is an issue of problem, then fine. Like you said, turn it 
off. I love how this man had no problem with his daughter washing, watching grown men smash into each other at high speeds, causing irreparable damage to their brains, watching plenty of commercials that advertise alcohol, and cheerleaders who are wearing probably less than the performers. All that's okay. But, but this, but this is what's upsetting to him. Also, I'm like, that's not porn, man. I know. <laughs> like, it's not what like you're just using you extremist language to like get people riled up. But like, no one was having sex. <laughs> I know. Well, I think he's like even saying because I know JLo did dancing on a pole. May I still add far from pole dancing, which, by the way, have you ever seen anyone do pole work? That shit is athletic. Right? I challenge anyone who does not think dancing on a pole is a sport. Try it. Go to your local park. Swing on a pole. Try to go upside down. I want you to tell me how it goes. Okay? We're going to see you on TikTok later for busting your whole ass. I'd like this guy to put it on TikTok. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay him the money myself. I will help him find a lawyer if he tries to go out there and does what J-Lo did on a pole. It, there's a lot. I think there's such a stigma about that whatsoever and i think because the women are you know latinas as well their bodies are are more sexualized already like than the taylor swifts of the world you know it's actually funny i looked at Katy perry's performance a couple years ago she did the song i kissed a girl and i like it surely that should have ruffled his feathers then the thing is i i want him to be like oh it's a free country we can do that but when you go out there and say things like danger hellfire pornography dude Dude, you need to you need to calm all the way down. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah, I I agree with your points. I think like yes, they are like their outfits were evocative. Yes. Like they were sexualized. That is part of performance in this country, particularly for female singers. Exactly. Like, that is just part of how how it is. I think putting like saying shit like being scared of hellfire Mm -hmm. i don't know it says more about him than it says about them right exactly well it's saying that if you're saying if biblically if we're going to go there if your right hand sins against you to, to, to cut it off you know to pluck out your own eye if it's causing you to sin that's a you problem like he has said, right. that is a you problem if you're feeling like it's giving you tingles in your nether regions you deal with that. Yes. I like, do they over-sexualize yeah. women? I'm not going to tell you. It's not, this is not an issue of whether I agree with how they were overly sexualized or not. That's not the point. This is a you problem. And if you really truly believe that, change how we view women. Instead of tearing right. them down, you are making them into sexual objects. Maybe you should say, maybe they, they don't have to dress like that for them to be entertaining. Just, but I mean, just take some responsibility for your own fucking thoughts Mm -hmm. your own fucking actions is like the most american bullshit i've heard is like being mad at everyone else nfl pepsi cable companies and like anyone else he was like i'm sure we could dig up a few more exactly uh, uh, Mm -hmm. it's just gross no gross it 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 is gross and i i and Ugh. to do it like I like I'm not Christian, but to do it under the guise of like Christianity no. of being like a Christian activist, that is exactly part of what is making this 
crazy divisive nature in our country, right? Like you're just making non-Christian people think that Christians are crazy. <laughs> like that's not fair. Like who who the hell is he to be out there like repping the Christians on this yes. issue? Exactly. And I want to tell people, I'm like, if the thing is, if you didn't like it, that's fine. But there's there's more change. There's healthy, loving, biblical change that you can make. Not not this guy of suing anybody. He's like, well, how about marching bands? Okay, cool. Instead of talking about these women's hips are going to put you in hellfire. Why don't you say, hey, let's start making it more local and start putting in better performances like marching bands. If that's what you feel, petition for that. Stop tearing down right. women performers specifically underneath the eyes of pornography, which if I, I I almost feel sorry for you if you think that's what pornography is. I mean, it's also just not very thinly veiled, like misogynist, <laughs> oh, racist fucking behavior. So. Exactly. It's so horrifically transparent, but ugh. 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 Well, I did not watch the halftime show. <laughs> no, you should you should now. Like I feel like like I feel like I should. I feel like I probably should because it's like supposed to be important to my people. I think they did a lovely job. I'm sure they did. Like fucking J Lo and Shakira are like bosses. They They're are amazing women. Girl, so if I could do what J Lo did at fifty. Heck, if I could do that today in my 30s i would be very a very happy and grateful woman but alas i cannot they like worked hard to yes. be able to do that tamika like so you have not work. trained for this <laughs> and maybe i should today's the day danny someone fetch me my pole <laughs> today's the day it. it all starts with it. a single day Gosh, man, people are ridiculous. It's I, hard and impressive work. Like, super, fucking get it. Yep, yep. And I want to see those videos on polls, people. Please don't. Please don't crack your skull because of something I said. <laughs> no. Should Should we get happy, Danny? I think we need a happy place after yes. is your happy place this week, Tamika? Um, uh, so I speaking of being super basic, my happy place this week, because we have been so busy, I can't even explain to you with what all we've been wanting to do at the end of the night is just like crash and watch garbage TV. And mm. Danny and I were complaining about streaming services. So I'm really upset that I have to give a shout out to one. <laughs> So my anyway, what's making uh, me? I know the hypocrisy. I know, I know. I would be the first and second person to be like, "Yep, Danica's a hypocrite." Uh, we're we're all hypocrites, we're, especially about streaming services. Oh, so. definitely, girl, guilty. And anyway, my family, we've been streaming Master Chef Australia of 2018. How old and basic? <laughs> It's like it's so random. It's so specific. It's so specific, isn't it? We are streaming Master Chef Australia from. 2018 and it is giving my whole family the feels like my husband who is a very like you've met my husband now he he is he's 
calm, collective guy. You know, he, he's not an excitable, over-emotional dude. We're over there, like, getting choked up. I'm like, are you choking up over here? It's, like, it, it's so emotional. There's something about watching people who are incredibly passionate about anything. Like, in England, they, of course, we have the great British Bake Off, right? But the spinoffs yeah. that don't last very long. They had the great British sewing bee, which was about sewing, not even real fashion, sewing. And then they had one, I think, about pottery. And then I saw one on Netflix, not British, but as a glass blowing. But you get into it because it's people at the highlight of what they love. Yeah, it's not really about like even the craftsmanship. It's about the person. Mm-hmm. It's just uh this particular show, they were just involving families, people's passion, people being acknowledged, like watching someone being acknowledged by someone they respect for the work that they do. Oh, because you feel that, you know what it's like, like we all we want to all be recognized, but by something that we're, we want to be good at and something we've dedicated our lives to, like, mm. oh, that feeling just appreciation and acknowledgement i'm like oh it's so ridiculous that's well like you said you've been so busy and stressed like you need that (laughs) catharsis like that release of that emotion (laughs) i know those australians they do they dull it out they know how to show appreciation to somebody and of course it's australian accents and it's so great to see people it's actually very diverse. So you have people who've like migrated there from all around the world mm-hmm. cooking and you hear their stories and their passions and, uh, uh, y'all, y'all go watch that really specific show. <laughs> <laughs> what about Excellent. you, Danny? What's make, what's making you happy? I'm going to also go with a TV show, uh, this yes. go around. And I'm a little fearful that I've used this TV show as a happy place before, but I'm going to use it again anyway. Yeah, our um, show. The show Sex Education. Have you have you watched this? No, is it good? It's so good. I love it. I mean, I love Jillian Anderson, which mm. I may have already mentioned on the show before, but like <laughs> fucking love her in every way possible. <laughs> like I just want I want to be her. I want to be with her. <laughs> like all the things <laughs> about Jillian girl. Anderson. You're all girl, hit us up. Yes, Jillian Anderson, if you're listening, you're not listening. <laughs> but <laughs> if you are, um know that you are the most wonderful human being, but you probably already know. <laughs> Living. Sex education is such a good show it is like so refreshing on so many levels i mean it's very british but in the show she's a sex therapist right and Mm -hmm. it's like dealing with her and like her things and her son her son is really the main character of the show and like his life he's a high school student and so the second season i've just finished watching the second season been like savoring it watching it so slowly like started it in december when it came out That's how you know it's good. You don't want to rush it. Yeah, you don't want to binge it because it's like just so good. So savored it really slowly. Second season was just as good, if not better than the first season, which is usually surprising, right? There were some episodes that were a little rough. There was one in particular when 
my husband and I finished watching it. He was just like, I can't watch that show anymore. That's like too upsetting. Because <laughs> he doesn't like things to end on a, a down note, right? Like it's not always oh. uplifting. So. Mm. And see, I like that. I'm I like that too. I like to hurt a little. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But yeah, it's just so good. There's this character Maeve who, like, I see a lot of myself in, who I love, and but I really love like the relationship between Otis, Jillian uh, Anderson's character's son, and his best friend. Otis is like mm. a straight white guy, and his best friend is like this gay black kid. Their relationship is so tender and so loving, and it's just wonderful. Aww. But yes, oh, I'm into it. Yeah, you should watch it. I think you'd really like it. Um, also, it's just like she lives in this house with all this crazy sex art around her <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, it's like just penises girl. and vaginas everywhere. <laughs> you know what? So before I had my daughter, it was always my dream. Do you know, like that? I feel so old. Coffee table books. Mm. That was my dream. I've always wanted to have a collection of just like really beautiful sex books like sex mm-hmm. and it'd be like just like i'm comfortable with it it's art it's gorgeous but just have it there where i set my tea and my coffee just on my living room you know the coffee table they're coffee table books that was always a small dream of mine when i was in my my 20s yeah also if you don't follow jillian anderson on instagram like her instagram is like half just pictures of these this art that's like in her her character's house slash like other things that look like vaginas or penises. It's pretty hilarious. I'm I know exactly what I'm gonna do when the show yeah. is over. <laughs> so pretty good. Oh that is a much better note to end on. <laughs> much, much better note to end on. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, so perhaps that also speaks to me not being uh, scandalized by <laughs> by this halftime show. <laughs> I just think it, like I said, it's it's weird as someone who's just like I am a person who professes Christ as her savior, and I did not feel scandalized. And I realize that some people, if lust is your issue, but it's your issue. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna watch that show and not feel scandalized. <laughs> Cool. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Mm, yes, I was well rounded. Yes. So, if you have something to say about White Saviors or the Super Bowl halftime show, be sure to let mm-hmm. us know. Also, if you're a big fan of sex education, I'd like to know so that we could fangirl fan person out about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> reach out. You can reach us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Biracial Unicorns. We're on Twitter at Biracial Magic. You can also send us an email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. Yes. And if you have some movie, book, news, clippings of things that have a different perspective that are absence of a white savior that you feel we should definitely watch and or review, Please also send us those. We would love that. We know people are out there trying to change the narrative. Oh, or an organization you feel is on the level. We would like to really highlight those. We want to uplift those. Yeah, less time talking about shit and more time talking about stuff that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, we're 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 getting better in 2020. Um, but we want to go ahead and, and thank uh, the wonderful Deli Pop Art for our gorgeous, gorgeous art that we have. Please follow her. We all want to thank Joseph Scott for our intro and outro music. We also want to give a big hey to So Smith's Photography that has done some photos of us lately. Please follow them all. We want to support our team and really give them a huge boost because that's what this small world's about. Yes, we're also happy. Happy to give you a bit of a boost. Any of you biracial unicorns out there who are doing anything super cool, hit us up. Let us know. We're happy to fucking throw some shine your way anytime. Mm, I love the way you said that. That was so, so hip. I am just (laughs) one of the youths over here. With as many S's as possible. Youths. We're we're so beyond the Z. We're just S's now again. We're, we're, we're just back to S's. <laughs> Youths. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, we're going to go and do our brows. And we are. Talk we got to gotta, we gotta work week. some brows, do our thing. But we'll be back next yeah. week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode. Mm. All right. Peace. Out.